All right, you ready to launch season two? Yes. Let's go. Welcome to the Front Log Podcast, where we talk about how product design and product management intersects, and welcome to episode 18 aka the start of our season two of front log so technically it's actually episode one of season two right or would 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 this be considered episode 18 or yeah we can still keep it as episode 18 but let's just say it's season two sick (laughs) all right Cool. So I'll just redo the intro. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm Welcome. Sorry. Okay. No, I thought Is we were lying. Like I was asking do? that as part of the podcast episode. Okay. No. No. We, we, we can keep this part okay. of the podcast. We, we can okay. keep this in, man. We can keep this in. You get all our listeners. You get to listen to the okay. imperfections because we're not perfect. Just like design and product yeah. management is not perfect. Yeah. But um, I'm. But as always, I'm Jordan. And I'm Michael. How are you doing, Jordan? <laughs> I am doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Things are moving along, and summer is coming up, and the sun is coming back out again. So it's too life hot. Is good, man. It's way too hot. We're we're bare, We're not That's even in true. June, and it's are we in June. <laughs> oh, we are in, in June. June. This is June fifth, I guess. Time, time, <laughs> like just speeds by so fast when you're just working all day and not really when I don't have that time to just have a lot of fun on the side. So, wow, yeah. like it felt like March, <laughs> like last week, and now it's June. God damn. Yeah, right. And then for me, I just got my vaccine as well, and it's like, oh my god, <clears throat> we've, we've been in lockdown for. More than a, a year. Ass time. More, More than, than a year. year. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, things are looking surprised. Like, oh, but when did you get your vaccine? I got it in the end of May, last week May. So okay, nice, nice. Do you have any uh, side effects? It's pretty recent. Had a few side effects. So my arm was pretty heavy for the first day, and I felt kind of nauseous on the first day, but. After that, I pretty much recovered. So okay, so no, you know, no just weird just stuff. a bit of the sore arm. No chills. Yeah. Okay. No chills. Interesting. I got my vaccine. I guess two, three weeks ago. Um, and I got it with mm-hmm. a friend at the same time, and he kept mm-hmm. messaging me like every four hours. He's like, "Yo, you get any side effects?" Because he was getting a lot of side effects, mm-hmm. and I was getting zero side effects, and he was just <laughs> he's just waiting for me to get mine. <laughs> um yeah glad you survived it you know um yeah vaccines are a little bit like the hunger games uh in terms of the side effects and you know glad you came out swinging (laughs) yeah did you get uh pfizer or moderna uh your vaccine moderna Ooh, same oh yeah nice um i think the nurse recommends that you take a picture of the card um, I haven't done that, yeah. but I will eventually. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a picture of my card. And then also I'm 
now registered for uh, BC's Health Gateway. So the you, with the online portal, you can access your uh, your COVID record actually. So that was pretty nice. So good job to the digital agency in BC that did that. Digital agency. Why? Why do you think we outsourced it and not we? Why? Why don't you think like we build it from the ground up internally? Or, or if you or whoever designed it, if it was internal or agency, good job. Good job. Okay, I'll check that out. You know, um, I don't really do a lot of good maintenance on that, but I'll I'll check it out. I'll set up that gateway account and I'll be digital just like you. And also mm-hmm. give an opportunity for Bill Gates to track me, not just physically with that uh, chip in my arm, but also uh, online. So we got that going. Nice. And, <laughs> nice. And, and for the record, I, I don't believe in the these conspiracies. I think I remember this is just like really weird, but um, I was talking to my friend and he's like, if some people mention conspiracies, like ironically, way too many times, it's start, like you start to want to think like they actually fall into it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just want to put that out for the record. Uh, don't believe in any conspiracies, but yeah. Yes. At Front Log, we do not believe in COVID conspiracies. Other conspiracies, maybe, but not COVID conspiracies. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> yes. But with the launch of Season 2, we did get some new branding. So yep. we launched the new brand for Front Log, and I've put this in the works for I think about it's been on and off for the last three four months I know I've been doing other things on the side but yeah I'm glad that it finally landed and I'm pretty happy with it I'm I'm really happy with the new design I think it's it's more unique it should put us in a good position for season two speaking of uh, it actually landed I'm on the landing <laughs> page right now and I'm, real, I'm a big yeah. fan of that effect where the the front log moves away when you scroll down um and then you have like Ooh, a, yes. a trace 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 traces of yeah. um the wording itself um kind of like separating away i like that a lot yeah very nice thank you that that was the hardest thing to code in the website that took me the most time yeah i think so um like i guess trying to think about it working scaling well for like a compressed view, uh, widescreen view, and even mobile view, I assume that's a real pain in the butt. Yeah, especially like when you code it from scratch, because this is all hard-coded from scratch. It definitely did take a lot of um, stress testing and doing a lot of responsive design work and checking all the breakpoints. But in the end, I'm really glad the the JavaScript worked on it because it's yeah. two different pieces of uh-huh. JavaScript. Like increasing the size is one piece of javascript code and then i achieved the other stuff by increasing the line width based on kind of the scroll position so yeah yeah i'm really happy it came out well yeah and and as as you know um i'm a big fan of uh just yelling at people but so yeah you know if if you're complaining about this you did this to yourself you chose uh, this path (laughs) i mean it worked out in the end it looks great looks spiffy so props on that yes. yes i'm glad it worked out in the end <laughs> but yeah it's, it was it was a fun piece of piece of web to code i always like playing around with new techniques in my coding so yeah yeah i got it got got some good fun with this 
Gotcha. What kind of feedback did you get? Um, well, as a as a designer, did did you show in, mm-hmm. any people this while it was in the works? Yeah, so I ran it by some by some design friends, mostly by you for the most part, but I also ran it by some other people, and they all really liked the new design. It was, it they found that it had a stronger visual identity compared to kind of our first, um, our first go, which I honestly put together in under thirty minutes because we were going yep. to launch. Yep. But um, yeah, you, I remember that day when we were just talking on Figma, and then we were just playing around, and then I said, "Hey, I'll code this in like." 30 minutes and then i came back 30 minutes later yeah with a with a big f right with the big f (laughs) you came back with with the the big big f F. (laughs) yeah um no but yeah but would is it kawaii design i think the first one was a little bit kawaii design right um i think the Mm -hmm. font i don't actually remember i remember i pulled it from somewhere but the inspiration behind that font was just looking at some of like the direct-to-consumer brands out there like casper you know smile direct yeah all these very uh like consumer friendly brands like very innocent very uh yeah just likable brand uh font like that's the kind of font that the the well that's kind of like the brands that the font were um modeled after which is these like dtc heavy um brands so i think that this new font is a little bit more unique in that sense it takes a step away from all these uh brands you see online and something a bit more uh techy um yeah a little bit more modern I-, I don't know what is modern like it just looks a little bit more futuristic i guess mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i definitely characterize it as a more futuristic font um so we use uh Penching which is from a really cool online organization called FontShare, who they work on sharing fonts for free. And yeah, I felt like the style definitely, it felt more like us. Uh, because yeah. definitely when I look for fonts, I look for something that is really kind of unique. It has a bit of brutalism to it as well. So I'm, yeah, I just really like how the font uh, came out. Yep. Um, yeah, um, and the logo as well, like a giant podcast or giant microphone because it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, for sure. And then as well, there there is kind of as well if you look really closely at kind of the font and the style of it there as well i play around with the font in the background as well so transitioning between kind of that filled in type and then also a bit of line work in the background as well and that also translates to the microphones as well yeah i'm a big fan of the line work it's very i don't know it just just looks good looks great (laughs) yeah thank you i'm I'm really happy how it came out it definitely is one of probably my better design work that i've done in the past so yeah and that means a lot right because uh jordan has a big lengthy uh history of design work so if he's putting it up there (laughs) it's up there it's good um yeah Mm. uh one thing i I do want to mention is that um in addition to the website uh refresh um Mm -hmm. each of the episode uh cover 
covers cover images yes. they're they're different as yes. well um yeah you have they're actually customized per every episode um i don't know why i do it because yes, yeah. i don't know why we do it because it's it's a lot of work um just for the image mm-hmm. but i guess um it it will be very useful if we started you know pumping out the socials i guess and having some yes. sort of way to ch- kind of have a avenue available for people to see when we um launch a new episode or if we just you know want to post for any feedback on instagram or something like that having that unique uh cover art is good Mm -hmm. definitely for sure i think that it just adds to the uniqueness of each episode and then it has all that branding options yeah but i'm surprised that you went backwards you went like all the way to episode one and redid them which is i'm like yo that's yeah, crazy dude like <laughs> you gotta stick to it man you gotta have you like, gotta the be consistency consistent. is like crazy <laughs> it's it it would be like i think we don't have to do that in the future because it would be really cool yeah. to see like um the growth of the branding from like day one to i guess like to like the second chapter to the third chapter just to see that change mm-hmm. right um it gives us yeah. that opportunity to like take a step back and cringe at like the blunder years as well um mm-hmm. but but yeah i really do like it um i like how there's that little personal touch with kind of like a a summary of a summary um with like the mm-hmm. the words at the up the top and the bottom of the cover art for example like mm-hmm. um buyers versus users episode 17 you have like buyers yeah. users podcast and then semiconductors i don't know about that it's yes. kind of sketch you know it's kind of <laughs> you know trying to make it happen trying to make fetch happen but uh i'll let it slide yeah <laughs> um oh uh one, one one feedback i totally forgot to tell you um in personals mm-hmm. is that the e in episode is actually really small so if yeah. you're looking at it like in a mobile view can't actually read it mm-hmm. But other than that, great stuff. Yeah. Love it. Um, you mm-hmm. know that that's the power of a uh, user feedback is uh, they tell you stuff that you'll yes. never see, unless someone told you already. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's feedback I got, and I totally for- forget to message people because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. But yeah, that's good feedback, and I'll definitely see if we can take that into account for the next few for the next episodes going forward. But yeah, season two. Any plans that you want to do for season two? Put on the record. Let's oh, make ourselves um, consistent. <laughs> I, I do want to do uh, a couple interviews out there, you know, um, interview people. Yeah. You know, learn about other people's mm-hmm. product journeys. Because I think one of the interesting yeah. things, I don't know about design, but in product management, um, mm-hmm. I think that I'm a rarity. And a lot of people that do go into product management, um, they happen to start like, outside of product management right um they might be a software engineer designer they could be even like a subject matter expert someone who's really close to the problem and they're like yo we we need to fix this right could be a founder usually the founders um founders are usually the first product managers because they just have a good sense of what the problem is and they're able to give like consistent uh iterative feedback to the team um for me Mm -hmm. i'm 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 pretty vat grown like it's someone that says, hey, product management is cool while in school, right? Ha, huh, that rhyme. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they're able to like spend and uh, create a career out of it at the beginning. I think that actually 
makes me a little bit weaker just because I don't have that like mm. some sort of uh, breadth to um, have in my utility belt compared to someone who might mm. be close to the problem or some design skills or well I, I, mm. I like to flex my data skills but like they're they're kind of kind of <laughs> trash um, for me it's like even whenever I did any sort of like data analysis I, I like creating like very bare bones analysis and uh, I'm a little bit insecure sometimes because it, it's not like the best. It's usually like what gets me um, 60 or 80% of the answers and I don't revisit it, which kind of kills me inside because I think that whenever I build something data-wise, it should be ongoing like a dashboard. Um, like one-off analysis, I think is it's a little bit of a waste of time because things like the data can change over time. That's a little rant, but... Um, going back, totally do want to interview a lot more people. Um, now that you know um, there is vaccines everywhere, and we are starting to see a bit of normalcy, um, you know, maybe hit up some people in the areas, uh, globally, yeah. locally, you know, that sort of stuff. Globally, wow! Whoa, That's, yeah, I think that would be cool too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Shout out to Drake and Jonathan if if you're interested in coming on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> please. <for sure>. <laughs> yes. Um, little, little small roast. I, I don't know if I, I said this, yeah. but like, please, please don't uh, tell us the story. Please do not tell us the story about Savvy Oak. I remember when I got into like design thinking, like, and I watched, I, mm-hmm. I, I read his book. I watched some of his videos and some of his podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. like from Jake, right? Sorry, I was like, which one was it? What, which one of the J's was I thinking of? And um, which one of the J's? Yeah, um, like he uses Savioke as like his like hero case study, and he like constantly uses it. And I'm like, man, I feel like mm-hmm. I already got like I already know everything because all his examples were um, Savioke. Um, but it was a really good story, right? It's a really good story about mm-hmm. how um, they thought about creating like a very playful robot. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. the world is ready for you know that sort of like interactions with robots but it was a really cool story um i think it was about i think one of the main things was making the robot more humanistic or like some sort of like less cold more warm kind of personal touch to it so yeah so uh jordan what do you want to do with uh (laughs) um uh, season number two yeah I, i definitely want to do a lot more uh, interviews, uh, potentially collaborations as well. I think that it's really important that we do amplify our voices in design and product management and even potentially support other product managers and other product designers as well within the community because I feel like our community is so tight-knit that we really need to amplify the voices of everyone within this field. Just, just curious because I've never heard that from you. Uh, can you give me an example of mm-hmm. amplifying the voices? Mm-hmm. So I think that especially I found during COVID, um, people did really want to break into um, UX design. So there's a lot of UX design influencers out there and I want to be able to help support this community of these new and fresh upcoming designers especially because the job market is very tough so whatever we can do to help amplify the market i think is valuable to do 
because it also amplified the voices within i think within vancouver as well there there are definitely really good product designers out there and good design organizations that we can pick brains and kind of talk about yeah definitely i think yeah it's actually it, it kind of like not scares me but it surprises me that like I, I would talk to someone and then suddenly they're like oh yeah i have an pro- interest in product management and i'm like what do you mean i'm a product manager like what's <laughs> up and my guy like what do you need to help yeah. with right and um <laughs> and a lot of it is like just thinking about like should i do a boot camp right does me like <laughs> it's so expensive just to get like yeah quote unquote like a certification and saying i'm interested in product management that is crazy right um all these boot camps are yeah. thousands of dollars and even like you can see in like the web dev boot camps those cost like at least 10k for a couple months or if, like even two months right it's expensive so mm-hmm. i think that like definitely it just is. thinking about how just lowering or even just giving transparency mm-hmm. on how to actually get a job in um this field or these fields is yes uh, would be pretty useful yeah Mm-hmm. definitely it's it's definitely a tough field to be in at the moment because i've always i've said this quote before especially like in 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 the realm of an organization product design is cheap and um engineering is expensive so sometimes like designers still do struggle to really have that voice inside an organization and i think that as product design becomes more recognized as something that is important within a product in an organization it's only gonna amplify our voices even more that is true um got got a value well (laughs) you know if you ask an engineer what's the most important function it's engineering so i guess like everyone well everyone kind of has their bias right if you ask an engineer what should be focused on they'd be like engineering and if you ask product they'd be like it's product (laughs) and if you ask like customer success they'd be like customer success we gotta you know we gotta manage relationships and have like good terms you know we keep the money flowing in so but yeah uh Mm -hmm. for sure um i i'd say like everything Mm -hmm. is important i guess and for business it's just to Mm -hmm. see uh which one is more important at the moment which kind of sucks because it just means that Mm -hmm. they only care when things are on fire and when they're not uh, they don't care about you so which is unfortunate, but yeah. that that is like it's unfortunate. That is it is how it is. Uh, I feel disgusted whenever I say that because it is how it is. It's <laughs> such a it's a very defeatist mentality, right? Because you're just you're letting the fates decide how it works, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you're not thinking about how you can act on problems and solve them. But it is what it is. Ugh. <laughs> It is what it is, yeah. but yeah. But I think that like if we can begin to interview more people, to me, like I always love learning from different people. So it's gonna help increase our knowledge even more, and then we'll get to share it with our audience. Yeah. I I even remember like, was it like three days ago? Like you and I were having a conversation on what the difference between a product owner and a product manager is oh. inside an organization. Oh yeah, my boy Jordan <laughs> is triggering me. Just straight up triggering me on that. <laughs> Like, that's like asking the difference between a graphics designer and a UI designer, right? Like, they're both, like, picture right? Like, they make pictures. People look at things, right? Like, it's the same thing. (laughs) 
and then yeah. and then like <laughs> deep down you're like what did you say repeat that again what the fuck <laughs> repeat that what you say boy yeah like you are you trying to get yourself killed <laughs> um uh. i do stand by the fact that or stand by the assertion that um designers they just draw rectangles and they make sure the rectangles are in the right configuration so the customers don't confuse one rectangle over the other but uh we can have that discussion another time we draw pretty rectangles yeah that's what we do pretty rectangles so uh jordan (laughs) kawaii rectangles what is the difference between a product manager Mm -hmm. and a product owner well the product owner, they work on a very specialized subset of the product, and they're the ones that make sure it gets done correctly. And then product manager, they report up to PMs, and PMs pretty much oversee the whole vision of the product, but the PLs, they focus on that really individualized, compartmental area to make sure that that's on track, that's on the vision. And then we all come together, and it creates one beautiful product at the end of the day. That, that is a high level of the difference, but you can also say, um, well, mm-hmm. a product manager has the hat of a product owner, right? And in some mm-hmm. place, in some places, a product manager also wears the product designer hat. But most of the time, <laughs> they wear the product owner hat, which is when they work with a dev development team, um, they relay to the development team what is the most important thing to be worked on this sprint what is priority um Mm -hmm. yeah so in a lot of cases they they are at the bug calls the bug the bug prioritization meetings and they're telling them what is the thing you should work on right now which bugs can you work on Mm -hmm. now and which bugs filed by the designer you can ignore Ooh. Ooh, Which copy okay. bugs that's... did the designer? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no but in, that, in many cases, for like, another day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, but it, it kills you inside, right? Because like, I think I've yeah. said this before, right? Like, just because the product managers didn't um, recommend um, like certain tickets to be filed or worked on immediately, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they don't care about mm-hmm. it, right? Like, it's just that there are bigger fires. Um, elsewhere that can be put out but Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes you know engineers are like the mvps and they're like bro this takes five seconds i'll do it right now like i'll just do it don't don't even write the ticket i'll do it and then you're like bless but yeah bless bless (laughs) yeah you gotta pick your battle sometimes (laughs) yeah but that leads to a very interesting question so and who is the most dangerous stakeholder oh yeah the most dangerous stakeholder um (laughs) i've done like product management work Uh, i've done um a bit of like data analysis work um but from the data analysis side i guess i'm just thinking about like how when you're working with very technical concepts um Mm -hmm. the most dangerous type of stakeholder are the ones that know a little bit about it and they don't know enough about the concept as well so they just know a little bit but not enough um so it's 
very hard to communicate technical information and have the stakeholders agree or disagree with you um, mm-hmm. just because their understanding is different from your understanding. Um, mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like playing broken telephone on like a big decision and it's really hard to do that. I remember um, mm-hmm. I was doing like a an presentation on data analysis at school and okay this is this is on my fault as well because i basically found like a a model online like an algorithm to like process data right um i read Mm. some papers on it woo papers woo right but i didn't understand it (laughs) enough and then i presented on it i was like yo this thing will solve all your problems right and then the prof either he didn't know much about it or he knew everything and he's like i'm gonna ruin this man's career (laughs) and he started asking me questions and and like i my like my competency was like at a very um like low baseline and he was asking me like every question like how did you come up with this like what how did you um determine like what what is similar and what is not right in terms of like a clustering (laughs) problem um and (laughs) and for me right like for question like i knew the answers to those questions but then uh, for me to answer it properly, he had to a- ask the question in precise, like, set of words in, like, a precise order, or else I wouldn't know what he was talking about. Just because I had a low baseline of the understanding, and I'm like, oh, God, mm-hmm. like, so I think that um, it's the most dangerous stakeholders are the ones that you don't have a good um, means of con- communication with. It's uh, when it comes, when we're talking about technical terms. We want a stakeholder mm-hmm. who is going to be a little bit technically competent, um, mm-hmm. or else it's going to be really hard to communicate communicate technical concepts. I mean, you can, right? But mm-hmm. you're just going to spend a lot of time like rebuilding the knowledge, kind of like reprogramming a computer in a sense, right? Because mm-hmm. it's about um, putting them on your perspective and also listening to about their perspective and seeing how to mm-hmm. shift and realign the perspective. So. That is, that's uh, my most dangerous uh, stakeholder. (laughs) What is your most dangerous stakeholder, Jordan? So my answer is that everyone could potentially be the most dangerous stakeholder. And what I mean by that is that sometimes if we think about how like in an agile environment, there's like the product designer, there's the engineer and the product manager, right? Yeah. So in order for things to work, everybody has to work together towards one common sh- shared vision. But yeah. where I believe the most dangerous stakeholder is that when one of these pieces of the triad gets off track, because I think as designers sometimes, for example, we can get so laser focused within our area that we fail to consider other areas and how it's going to affect everything so and i think this can happen with anybody within the triad or anybody within a project so if you start to pivot off track or you get you get so laser focused on what you think the vision is versus what other people think the vision is i think that's when it becomes dangerous because it could endanger the the roadmap you can things can get pushed by a quarter you could lose customers because of that for example so i think that Unless everything, I think that's why you need somebody to help make sure that everything is like meshed together 
because if you don't have that one person that's there then everything can go off track and that's when everybody can become the most dangerous stakeholder and then fires are thrown there's more fire being put into the fire yeah. in a sense so jordan um product manager make sure mm-hmm. that the most important thing is being worked on project yeah. manager make sure that things are successful so whose responsibility yeah. is to make sure your stakeholders aren't being dangerous in your opinion it's everybody's it's everybody's responsibility i think that as engineers or and as designers we need to be able to speak up and say hey i don't think this is right <laughs> because ultimately if a pm goes to a customer when you don't think it's right and then the customer gets excited then you start you might have to be forced into a direction that you don't necessarily want so i think that it's really important from the beginning that you establish those clear relationships and if you do think that something is off track that you do let them know and i've definitely experienced that in the past where i have had to say hey i don't i don't think this is right that's true um well it also depends like i think that starts at the culture of the company right um because that sort of thinking is i think it's called like product sense like having engineers with product sense having like your stakeholders with product sense um i think that's a culture thing so i think yeah totally having every stakeholder possible to um be able to like speak up and say hey product manager mr product manager miss product manager you're wrong right Mm -hmm. um sometimes it does make it like it's it's not fun re-explaining things and then like hoping like people like really get it because like they're definitely like you can work on anything right um, that's the beauty of software and definitely um mm-hmm. it does put my foot to the fire and it, it makes it the job a little harder sometimes when people are like why were you doing this um and then if people do disagree mm-hmm. right but i think yeah over yeah. all long term um, having those questions answered or asked and answered is vital to any product but i yeah definitely mm-hmm. i think it starts from uh starts from the culture the people right have like just toggling on the think about the product in this way don't think about just the code or don't think about just the mock-ups but think about like yeah that mm-hmm. are we working on the right thing and if not mm-hmm. speak up um and i do yeah. want to bring up like one of my biggest pet peeves i guess working on any project um even like in school right mm-hmm. are the people that are like yeah. i knew this is the wrong direction to go with and then you'd be <laughs> like but why didn't you say anything when we were planning this um yeah right i i, I have that argument with my mom the entire always always like she'd be like yeah you see like i had a bad feeling and then i'm like and then i just yell like yo dog like why didn't you tell me earlier <laughs> but uh yeah <laughs> but yeah that's definitely happened to me in design school where we realized that we've fallen off track on the last day and then someone's like i thought we, i knew we were gonna go off track but then it's like bro just speak up <laughs> next time <laughs> yeah and i think like a better way of saying like hey i totally disagree with uh this decision could be like let's get more data before we make a decision right because mm-hmm. No one can say, hey, getting more data is bad unless you already have like a bunch of data proving it, right? So maybe that, mm-hmm. that's the better way to introduce any sort of doubts is, hey, let's get more data and, you know, really make sure that this is the right place to go. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, and, and 
Like, even, mm-hmm. like, speaking up is good, but you still want to maintain those relationships, right? You don't want to burn the bridge the first time, and then, mm-hmm. like, next Project 2 comes along, and you're like, hey, I gotta use this bridge, and then you're just, like, walking on, like, thin air and no bridge. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and also, like, vice versa, like, if the data is there, and there are things, and if the data is backing up all the decisions, but you still feel like it's not in the right direction, sometimes you do have to look towards the data if there is strong evidence as to a decision that is that needs to be made and even if it's something you don't agree with if the data is there then you kind of in a sense have to go with the data and sort of get out of your own mindset because i've definitely had that for myself too like where i think that it should be one direction but then if i know there's evidence that is saying otherwise then you have to go with that evidence. And that's yeah. like from my experience during A-B testing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for sure, right? Uh, I think people are very emotional uh, creatures and not rational creatures. So it's important to mm-hmm. like have that mindset. Um, although you can't really just call people up for making bad decisions just because they're emotional. Because yeah. you just got to understand like mm-hmm. people are emotional and emotional creatures. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. That was a chunky first episode of season two, or yeah, episode or eighteen, <laughs> end of season one. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, wow, Jordan, you you said this would have been a short episode, but it looks like we have uh thirty thirty seven and a half minutes of content. So um, yeah. maybe with minimal cuts, maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe some of the stuff at the beginning will be out there, but cool stuff. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> But yeah, thank you all for listening and hope you come with us on our journey to season two. Yes, and uh, follow us on Instagram at Frontlog Podcast, yes. I believe, as I or... search um, it on Instagram to make sure that we have the right handle. Um, let's see. Or is it? Is it? Yes, at, at Frontlog Podcast. Yes, and we'll start posting um, for sure. Yes. And we'll, we'll plug this at the end of every episode at Frontlog Podcast. Mm-hmm. Not Backlog Podcast, mm-hmm. but Frontlog Podcast. Frontlog Podcast. And if you want to be part of our podcast, you can also leave us a voice message on anchor.fm frontlogpodcast slash message. Yeah, what so is the deal with that? Leave... What is a voice message? So viewers can ask us a question and then we can answer it on the podcast okay so they can leave a voice memo or if you want to say say hi you can just pop in a message and say hi but it'll, the link will be at the end of every spotify or apple music or google podcast wherever you get your podcast the gotcha. link will be there gotcha or just say hey your podcast sucks please improve yeah and uh, we'll put that, that up take it as priority low and uh, we'll just continue <laughs> and it'll be lost in the backlog never to be brought to the front log <laughs> yeah alright cool, cool. Uh, I'm Jordan and I'm uh, Michael take care everybody and bye 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 bye